Hey, buddy. Hey, Mr. Finlay. <laughs> How are you? Oh, good, good. Filled with the joie de vivre that's only a, only available in the proximity of tiny oranges. So here we are. There's a, there's a small orange on the table in front of me. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Just in case you couldn't see that. I was thinking um, <laughs> recently about um, at some, some of our harebrained schemes mm. of revolving, or revolving around movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was the, I think we mentioned this once before, there was a time we were going to do a tour of retirement homes, giving lectures oh, on yeah. old movies. Mm-hmm. But there was a time before that. Mm. And before that, I remember that you and I made a habit out of researching mm-hmm. and writing obituaries for people we thought were going to die. Do you remember that? This? was a very brief. That was very brief. <laughs> well, I was in a, a pretty bad marriage at the time, mm-hmm. and I did not mind spending extra hours at the library researching. Right. Back then, by the really way. Really putting together your own obituary in a way. <laughs> 15 years ago, I remember thing. researching Kirk Douglas. That motherfucker has, refuses to die. It doesn't he, man. <laughs> and my God, please, Doug, get on it. Oh, Jesus, he looks so fucking terrible now. Yeah, I'm it's sorry. pretty bad. No, it's just, yeah. I admire him. But anyway, so uh, one of them I remember was Catherine Hepburn, and then she died. And then I sent the obituary to numerous places mm-hmm. who just ignored me. Hmm. So another harebrained scream. I well, like the uh, Catherine Hepburn. Okay, what's that? I like Catherine Hepburn. Oh, fuck yeah. Tom Smoking in the studio, which I love, man. You're eating Very an old school. You're eating your own tiny orange over yonder. That's right. Welcome. Hell. Yeah, right. I'm a big good fan. Night of, and good luck. So we're, we're, we're a big fan of <laughs> Tommy talk, Murrow. Talk I'm to me. Huge fan of uh, Catherine Hepburn's. Yeah. I, well, you know what? Um, I am now. Mm-hmm. I'll put it that way. I was never. I, ha, I, I have a, a. I have not much of an education in the Hepburn, uh, in the Catherine version of Hepburn. We're going with your dad this um, Sunday to go see the Philadelphia Star. Oh, is that right? Yep. Oh, uh, now that's a fucking Catherine Hepburn movie too. Well, the thing about her is it's no high society. She's been in some. <laughs> she's been in some dopey movies, but even in a dopey movie, she's she she stands she out shines. as the actual actress. She fucking shines. <laughs> she's fucking great. She really is an amazing. Actress. I I really hate talking about oh the you know the great when the great actress is an actor of their generation blah mm-hmm. blah. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you come across somebody who's just undeniably so. Oh, yeah. And she she's is great. absolutely, she's a fucking, she's a powerhouse. Yeah. And I mean, she's known for all of these things. And of course, you know, she had this um, kind of almost as known for her decades long relationship with Spencer Tracy Spencer as she Tracy. is for her films. Mm-hmm. And of course, it didn't help matters that she made like, I don't know, seven films with them or something like that. Right. Well, yeah, we'll talk a little bit about another aspect of that too mm-hmm. here tonight. Sorry, I'm eating an orange, but yeah. but God damn it, she's good. And so the first movie we're talking about today is 1949's Adam's Rib. Adam's which I, Rib. I think it's their third movie together. They've done Woman of the Year. Have mm. you ever seen that? No. Woman of the Year. Now, this is interesting because Adam's Rib is really a battle of the sexes movie. It's In, one of the first ones, I'd right, say. Right, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but they did a movie seven years earlier called Woman of the Year, and the concept, the conceit of that movie is that Spencer Tracy is a sports writer, mm-hmm. but she is a much, much more successful woman uh-huh. than he, right. and he can't deal with it. Right. I mean, in a sense, it was they were doing stuff. She was interested in stuff uh, way ahead of her time. In fact, mm-hmm. she's a person I think has a lot of integrity too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. She yeah. did. I mean, she was. She was. 
demonstrably her own person during the Hollywood. I mean, during like the, the height of the Hollywood system. Yep, she was a type that was no actual type. Well, I mean, except initially, if- that she did. She was a rep- she was representative of this sort of resurgence of womanhood, you know, of the feminist movement. Yeah, I, I think it's sort of a, as a second act, a second chapter, because initially mm-hmm. um, uh, she was panned by the critics in mm-hmm. the very early 30s. Even though she she received an Academy Award, mm-hmm. um, somebody said famously, like, she has an acting range from A to B. This <laughs> is pretty fucking... Hot. B's pretty far away, I hate to tell you. I guess. But, but um, yeah, so, so yeah, so the second sort of chapter comes along, and it's like, it's it starts with the Philadelphia story actually mm-hmm. and then and then moves on to like films with spencer tracy and mm-hmm. um some terrible terrible movie in the 40s like i think called dragon woman where she plays a chinese <laughs> sorcerer or something <laughs> nice i mean there are some embarrassing moments but anyway so adam's ribs oh like, yeah she's a great actress but she did not she did not get away from some embarrassing moments. there are some embarrassing moments yeah Adam's Rib. Adam's Rib, 1949. Sorry, I've been so, talking around this. I got to I got to okay, just let me back up a second. I got so I I do have some weird sort of blank holes uh, in my knowledge of Hollywood. Some people that I don't know very much about. Catherine Hepburn is one and especially Spencer Tracy Catherine Hepburn. The Tracy Hepburn, I've never seen it one of their movies. Get before. the fuck out of here. Never? So never. What are you no. doing on this podcast, my uh, friend? What am I doing? I'm taking up space. Okay. And a lot of it. All right. So so look, this is so, um, a classic battle of the sexes movie as I mm-hmm. said before. So they're both attorneys. Yep. Um, and he's there's a, he's a he was an assistant DA. He's an assistant DA. Mm-hmm. They live this sort of lifestyle. Um, they have a house up in Connecticut in the country mm-hmm. that they go to on the weekends or summers. Um, they're classic sort of like Upper East Side liberals. Yep. Um, they both have fantastic jobs. They mm-hmm. have them made. Oh um, yeah, they're, they're living that Woody, that Woody Allen uh, Manhattan life, right? Yeah, yeah, that the, type the Manhattan of that Most people don't have access to at all. They mis- they give each other like as a habit, like a massage each night on like pull out massage tables. <laughs> um, they have all this, this sort of a ridiculous lifestyle. They have mm-hmm. a neighbor who I don't know how to describe this neighbor. Well, uh, flamingly gay, but not. First off, well, there's that. He definitely makes it into that canon along with. I, there's another guy who used to be in all kinds of Fred Astaire movies who was clearly like good fodder for books later on about mm-hmm. like the cellular closet, basically. Right, right. Okay. And um, a, an event has happened a murder uh, attempt right, has right. happened by Judy uh, Holiday. By Judy Holiday. And this is her first film. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, she almost steals the film. She's she, fucking fantastic she's really in this film. She's, she's really great. hilarious. Yeah. She's great. Um, and Tom, Tom Yule. Who right. I like a lot. I think he was in the Seven Year Itch mm-hmm. um, later on. He's just got one of those like rubbery sort of faces yeah. that always amuses. Yeah. So Tom Yule has been stepping out on Judy Holiday, his wife, his wife with another lady, mm-hmm. and and so we see um, uh, in sequence Judy Holiday following him mm-hmm. and then catching them in the act in the apartment <laughs> well. and then trying to shoot both of them. And, and frankly, before that, in one of my favorite moments, uh, her reading a pamphlet on how to shoot a gun. Yeah, yeah. And she's a- just pulled out of her purses. And then she steps into the into the apartment and catches them in the act. Well, so now here's what's kind of strange to me about this movie hmm. is that um, Spencer Tracy as he often does, by the way, in later movies, is a man who stands by the principle. You have to have the law. If you don't have the law, you don't have anything. Principle is, is his principal thing. And But but Catherine an Hepburn is talking about a new principle, which is like, what about equality? What about mm-hmm. a woman or a wife being treated well? Why does she have to take it when a man steps out on her? Mm-hmm. What's weird about this case, though, what's very 1949 about it, despite what they tried to do, is that... What the feminism that's being forwarded here mm-hmm. is the feminism that you should be able to hang on to your man. 
That does, it does come way. down to that a lot. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> okay. Well, a woman's right to protect her family unit. Is, yeah, that's <laughs> well, he's using his unit. Yeah, okay. It's, bazooka, right. bazooka. It's, it's feminism 1.0. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. But but okay, so it's a, it's a sort of a small thing. Um, now, by the way, there's some tension that goes along because the aforementioned effeminate neighbor. Yes. Who, who was so clearly gay. Clearly gay and has a huge crush on Catherine Hepburn. Which, regardless. by the way, I think a gay man would have a huge crush on Catherine Hepburn, but not in the way that it's happening in this film because right. he's... He's a musician, or he writes Broadway plays or, or musicals Musical, or something, yeah. and so he's written a special song for her that that becomes a sort of tense thematic Thanks. return throughout the movie. And it's, because it annoys the shit out of Spencer Tracy because he, he hates knows it. what it is. It's an attempt to get into Catherine Hepburn's pants, and Catherine keeps like she just she just treats her like this is my goofy friend, my goofy guy friend. So that the, so and that kind of drives him a little nuts. Well, this happens a lot in life, I think. But so mm. when this so when the actual tension between the the, the man and woman of this film uh, develop. That theme song keeps coming along, and I think yeah. it's a brilliant little move. Yeah. But the tension is just really this: essentially, um, uh, Spencer Tracy is assigned the task of prosecuting uh, Judy so, Holiday. Judy Holiday's character, correct. And, and of course, Catherine Hepburn goes out and she farms out. And she gets yeah to be she 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 gets hired on to defend Judy Holiday's character. So they both, which puts this movie very squarely into like the North by Northwest category of eh, it's a little bit far. It actually puts it more in the, ca- the the sort of uh, category of like a Julia Roberts um, romantic. Well, I mean, comedy in a way. So like Spencer Tracy would have been recused from this goddamn case immediately. That's, well, there's that. There's absolutely <laughs> that. Just that. And, and also, what but what's interesting is of course what the surface <laughs> level tension has to be between like Spencer Tracy being mad at her because right. don't you appreciate the Law, the right. law is the important thing, but really, mm-hmm. you know, below the surface is that he has all these jealousies and he's upset, and 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 really, what's being examined is does he really want the equality and liberalism right. that that they're trying to sort of live out? Right, and he and he and he plays a lot of lip service to it, and you get the suspicion that he is ultimately something as it doesn't inconvenience him, and that's yeah. what. Sort of comes into play on this one. Okay, so that's the failing of, of his character, I suppose, mm-hmm. and the way it's written. Of course, the failing of not necessarily Catherine Hepburn's character, but of the side of women in this thing, mm-hmm. is the way that... I, I mean, speaking of a, a, a courtroom session that would never... You know, these awful like yeah. courtroom dramas <laughs> where a, a judge goes, wait, I want to see where this is going. going. <laughs> this stupid fucking thing that's about to occur here. Totally ridiculous. I mean, they like have the strong, acro- You're talking about the strong woman. That's the main thing, right? And yeah. she's uh, Eleanor Parker, I think, from, from Caged. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and she's just you know a circus woman, and, and she's there to, to demonstrate that women can have muscular power over men, and she's, right. she lifts, she lifts Spencer in Tracy. A horrible, yeah. horrible display <laughs> by his of ass. special effects. You can see like the fishing wire. Uh, yeah. but but yeah, she she um, and, and so in and a court of law, I mean, like what? A, I mean, it just turns it into a circus. Well, look, it's it's ridiculous. On mm-hmm. the one hand, it is absolutely over the top ridiculous. On the other hand, some of the other um, uh, witnesses. Mm-hmm. Really, kind of do represent, I think, what women have gone through, which right. is say like, two PhDs. You say, uh, you know, <laughs> you've written, literally, written the book on this, right. and you are his secretary right. or whatever it is. Right, right, right. So, I mean, it's kind of interesting that you know. Well, now that we have a, a president to be proud of, uh-huh. lead us at least. in this uh, this conversation. Uh, yeah. um, I think Adam's rib actually takes on new resonance. Uh, fucking, cra- it's, uh... am I being crazy there? Um. Uh, no, probably not. Well, you probably you'd be. Yeah, you aren't crazy, but that's not the proof. That's not the for. reason. Yeah, that's not it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I think literally this film you could attract more people, more women, but I guess more people in general to this film based mm-hmm. on how the country's going. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll tell you what, another thing you could do. You could drag people. What can to I this, do? You tell me. You what could to drag do, buddy. people to this movie because believe me when I tell you, 
This is one of the most charming fucking That's movies fucking I've ever seen. Just the, like the like the the um, the chemistry these two yeah. fucking exude. I, I, I they they've kicked on like Myrna Loy and uh, William Powell yeah. off my off my thing. You know the they have, they like, replaced them absolutely. They're just they're I'm so shocked that you've never seen f- one of their films before. Well, now I got to see all of them because well, they Star Wars Woman fucking, of the Year. They have a chemistry that is yeah. undeniable. And then the other thing too is the moments when they're like having these really crazily beautiful, intimate little like happy yeah. Yeah. dippy scenes. You're like, how did anybody doubt that they were fucking? Well, a lot of people still doubt that they were fucking. Actually, there's a whole theory that says that not only was she um, gay mm-hmm. and that he was her beard, but that he was gay and she was his beard. Really? That's a that's a theory yeah. I've heard a, a, enough times to seem viable. But yeah. also, that's a whole level of... If that were true, <laughs> yeah. it still demonstrates the intimacy of their uh, relationship. They had a huge... They had a powerful intimacy going on. Yeah. They carried it onto the screen and it was... One of the most charming movies I've ever seen. It's great. I mean, I've seen that at least six times, and there's there's really no reason to on paper mm-hmm. to see it that many times, except mm-hmm. that it is that charming. Yeah, it just makes you feel good to watch the goddamn thing. <laughs> yeah, it does. there is something. This is, a, this is a this is a true relationship you see here, and a good yeah. but a healthyish one. A really healthy one. The, the story behind him, of course, is that as a Catholic, he couldn't um, divorce his wife, so he never divorced his he first wife. Not divorce his wife, right? Um, so he technically was married in that relationship. So mm-hmm. it's a double. It's a double sort of weirdness a double um the unspoken thing hollywood and everyone sort of acts like well we like them so not so much we're not going to sort of mention what's obvious that was but the other thing that might not be mentioned is that they're gay yeah that's true <laughs> but 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 it's almost remarkable now to think that there's a time when like people yeah. when like these when when a secret like this would be sort of widely kept as much as it has. Part of it was if 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 um if there's any truth to the legend is that Howard, Howard Hawks it was a Hughes or oh, Howard Hughes, sorry. Hughes yeah Hughes had a, yeah. had some had a lot of hand in that in between uh, mason jars of urine and mm-hmm. long long fingernails and Kleenex boxes for shoes and and come receptacles we wonder okay that's just uh, I'm sorry that was very disrespectful to that, that kind of humor Tommy. all right all right so I I mean obviously a big thumbs up um, um, it's yeah. a movie that like you don't have to be in the mood for it will drag you into a good movie yes yeah it's a fucking great movie it really is god damn like, it, from this from that standpoint just the the fact that it makes you feel <laughs> so fucking good this might be a movie for everyone to watch once in a while it might all right so now we turn our attention to 1956 and the rainmaker the rainmaker this all is right. an intro okay so what do you have something to say Immediately, go ahead. Mm. This is a seriously flawed movie. Okay, well, look, um, I'm going to start by saying I'm a bit of a sucker for like William Inge, who didn't write this, but that type of like picnic, type, right. you know, that mm. that type of Americana, all the way from our town to, to this type right. of now, thing. Right now, this is definitely representative of, I would say, sort of a less, yeah, less, a less talented Inge. Yeah, was it Inge? Never I don't know if it's Injuring. Or Inge. I don't know if I did, never I know. want to do an episode on him sometime because he did Picnic mm-hmm. and he did Bus Stop. I think that'd make a great episode. Yeah, that'd be good. But in any case, it's of that ilk, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And okay, so now you have um, you have your Burt Lancaster. You get to Burt Lancaster and co-starring. his Boolean best. Well, okay, hold on or a second, not. <laughs> or not? Let's we'll talk about that. Okay, well, Bert, okay, so Burt Lancaster co-headlines with her. Now, Burt Lancaster's been in the game for like ten years, right? So he's he's her junior, and also it has that classic thing that Picnic has of somebody, namely Catherine Hepburn, who's who's much too old. Much too old to be playing this Picnic part. did it with, I'm, I'm aspirating a lot here, I apologize. Picnic did it with William Holden. Um, the uh, What was the, the fucking, the, the Desperate Hours with Humphrey Bogart? <laughs> I mean, he could barely stand. Right. He's like a young hood in that thing. Mm. Um, so that's a flaw there. Burt Lancaster is at his most Burt Lancaster-y here. 
And by that, I mean this. If you've ever seen, and I knew you have, Tom. It might have been the first Saturday Night Live episode with Andy Kaufman doing the Mighty Mouse thing. Mm -hmm. Every time that Andy Kaufman is in action, singing Here I Am to, to Save the Day, that to me is what Burt Lancaster is like in a lot of films, and especially this one. Okay. I mean, he's just a, like like one hand pulling up his britches, the other hand reaching toward that uh, apple and Eden, huge horse teeth, overacting. It's, massively overacting. Yeah, yeah, it's really nuts. And in fact, it's sort of like, it's only the fact that I like Burt Lancaster. Mm-hmm. If, I, if, if, I, mm-hmm. if this were another actor doing what exactly what he was doing, I would hate his <coughs> participation in this yeah, movie. Yeah, I hate to say that Burt Lancaster is almost, bit, like he does the same thing in Elmer Gantry and for me it's wonderful in this movie it's not I don't know why it is yeah it's just, it's overwrought it's it's well probably because he's he's so flamboyant and over over the top for no real apparent reason no, that you can tell no, no. you know what it struck me for a second so he's was, almost unbearable had he not been famous he would have been he uh, had he been much less famous he would have been a great casting call for um, Claude Rains role no Claude Aiken's role in um, Inherit the Wind Hearken to the word. Absolutely. I mean, it's just yeah. sort of like that's, yeah. and so he's, he, he, you know, he plays um, Starbuck, the, the sort of the, um, mm-hmm. not the medicine man, but the equivalent, well, rides in the town no, and sells novelty. He's a con man. Okay. He's a, he's a con salesman man. and a con man. And so he, he plays off people's dreams. And that's the theory of it because there's also the part of it where he's playing off so much of his own dreams mm-hmm. in his crazy, ebullient manner that you never, you know, like you don't know where, like, the snake's t- the snake's ass in its mouth begins on this guy, here and it's very bit. it's very much of a play, like a, a, a oh, transition from a play, and it, they don't it do much to sort of like make that transition to no, film. Not it's at like all. a filmed play essentially. <coughs> no, it's uh, no, I'm not saying I don't like it. I'm just I'm pointing out some weaknesses. Like it's got a lot of weaknesses. Um, uh, the other part is that you have Catherine Hepburn, who is too old for the role, but great as she always is. She's great, and she's surrounded by this cast of characters. Lloyd Bridges <laughs> is the most believable of all of them. Yes, absolutely. Um, is it Earl Hallman? I guess his name is the younger brother. Mm. You, you want to fucking decapitate that yeah. motherfucker yeah. for a lot. For his like twenty-five-year-old dummy act. Yeah, he's like a twenty-five-year-old with like a slingshot in his back pocket. It's Dennis the Menace. You're right, yeah. and the father's not much better actually. Lloyd Bridges is kind of weird. Wendell Corey. Uh, so that so those, this is her family, and Wendell Corey plays the the deputy. Right, and you've seen him in like Rear Window and other films. Yeah, Actually, yeah. In fact, Evan uh, uh, Monroe Faulkner, who's been on the show a couple of times, mentioned um, he he was interested in showing a couple of his last films, which mm. were science fiction films, and he was so like gin blossomed out at that point. <laughs> it was like a, a a nightmare to behold. Nice. Um, but anyway, so so the premise really is mm. um, not a new one either, really, and that's that she's she's in danger of becoming she's the spin- old. She's maid. a spinster, right? Yeah. She's fast. She's on the- He's fast tracking it hard to spinster shit, and she's playing. And that's by the way, the by the way, she's God. physically older than spinster in this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it I, a little weird. I think she was about forty. Oh, she was well into her forties, I think. Yeah. So, so well, I mean, whatever. She should be about twenty-four in this movie. Right. Right. Well, to, yeah. Right. To fit what they're talking about, and 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 also, you know, Catherine Hepburn, I think, um, was kind of plain. I mean, she was attractive in a weird way when she, she had was a horse face, and it, and it got more so when she got older, for sure. When she was very she young, had a long thin face. 
make a dollar up for those publicity right. shots. But later on, it's like she's and I hate to be so corny, but it's like the old older she got by like 1980, she had that sort of old woman beauty that some women have. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you know, the wrinkles are sort of beautiful in a yeah, way. Like yeah, a, yeah. well, she famously said she she would to Barbara Walters she'd be an, an oak tree, <laughs> right? Sorry, I'm going all over the place. So, but but the, the premise is that the the family, the boys, mm-hmm. the father and the the the, the brothers want to marry her yeah. off, right? By the way, they're in the middle of a drought in the middle of the depression, but their number oh, one Jesus. worry is getting this woman married off, getting their getting the sister daughter oh, married out. to feed. I don't know, but don't they love they, her obviously. Oh, she's, yeah, yeah. But they're all perfunctory character. They are perfunctory. Wendell Corey is just above perfunctory, right. and then Burt Lancaster swaggers in like. and does like Frank Gorshin's <laughs> imitation of him. <laughs> yeah, if yeah. that makes sense to anyone yeah. under and, eighty. And, and here's the other thing too. I go I go so far as to say. Um, she's Hepburn is is a little out of place in this movie. All right, a little, yeah, yeah, because well, she's trying to pull off a midwestern, like a thirty midwestern, <laughs> uneducated woman accent, and that's just not how she just. Well, I, I don't she's know way what, too classy. It's not even New England. It's it's only hers. I yeah. think only she has that accent. It's Bryn Mawr. It's Bryn Mawr. You're right. So she's she's still fucking radiantly Catherine Hepburn in the middle mm. of this in the middle of the shit show, yeah. but she's she's compelling to watch. She's Nevertheless, compelling. she has that power. When she's sad or when she's stoic, it's just fucking believable. She mm-hmm. was able to conjure up something in her, and and you know. Um, Spencer Tracy was sort of famously an actor who just like I don't know I read the lines and I just act mm-hmm. and but was Spencer Tracy but he held I, his own with her in, in he Adam's did, rib he did and he did also and guess who's coming to dinner but the thing with Spencer Tracy is I think that there's something about him the person mm-hmm. that makes that when he acts you like it and so you accept it hmm. with her she just conjures up good acting yeah. seemingly out of nowhere she's the opposite of a method actor. Yeah, she was never a method actor, but she was also, uh, I didn't quite realize this, but she also never left the stage. Like, yeah. she, she worked Broadway and off-Broadway constantly. She I think was, all she the way to the late 70s, her, she was doing like Coco Chanel. Yeah, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah she, that was her craft, and she yeah. was a craftsperson. She was a craftsperson. Mm-hmm. And, and one who didn't have to work, by the way. That's the whole story behind her, this really wealthy yeah. family of mm-hmm. ne'er-do-wells, right? Yeah, <laughs> freaking liberal ne'er-do-wells. Really interesting lady. And, yeah. and, but anyway, so the film is, I mean, it's flawed. And of course, you know, I, I don't think we have to point out that it's the meeting of this con man, right. Starbuck, um, and the spinster um, that's going to be potentially the real romance. Right. right. Um, and, you know. Instead, it sort of sparks the, the sheriff of the town to sort of re, to, to reignite his interest in life a little bit, and, which is yeah. manifested with him, you know, trying to hook up with Catherine Hepburn and creating a little triangle at the end of the movie, more or less. Well, it creates for her like this. She's already sort of like dismissive of the whole idea. She she understands that she's playing. No one really wants her. Mm-hmm. It's just never going to happen for her. But she transitions or evolves into someone who who definitely does want to be with someone, right. but who also won't do it at the cost of not being herself. And maybe right. because Catherine Hepburn herself is so much that way, it's convincing. Yeah, right, exactly. I think that's part of what she brings to the table on yeah. this one. Not to mention, I mean, just the skills of themselves and then... This little part of her that is that 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 for, this is a truth. This is a, there's a truth to this that she's yeah. embodied herself. Uh, having said that, I will say this: never have I been more convinced that two people on a set did not sleep together than Catherine Hepburn and Burt Lancaster. <laughs> Burt Lancaster, you think? <laughs> not, not a chance. Because no. she still had better skin than him in, that, in this movie. That's true. He's uh, very leathery. That well, man. he really was in this one. Good teeth though. Ah, big horse teeth. So look, it's it doesn't. I haven't seen this movie since I think it was 15 yeah. was the last oh, time I saw it. 
Um, and um, I, I, I'm not upset that I waited that long to see it. Mm-hmm. It was fine. I enjoyed it. It's, yeah. it's also kind of a pick-me-up movie. It's a lighter mm-hmm. um, sort of fare. And um, I give it a thumbs up, but a tepid thumbs up when yeah. compared to Adam's Rib. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's definitely worth watching. If you, but if you've got Adam's Rib in the other chamber, go with that one. Yeah. Okay. So, so right. this brings us to our last film, and that's 1968's Who's Afraid of Virginia Lion? <laughs> Fuck you. I was going to say much the same thing. Oh, okay. yeah. Uh, the Lion in Winter. Lion in Winter, 1968. So <laughs> many things happening oh, here. Just with, oh, just... just, just yeah, it's Virginia. Who's afraid of Virginia Wolf with everybody having crabs? It's, it's basically it is crazy. Well, first of all, I yeah. mean, again with a mismatch. I mean, not. I wouldn't say mismatch at all. I would say that a surprising age difference. And there are all kinds of examples of this in in uh, in Hollywood. Um, um, Anne Bancroft and Dustin Hoffman being essentially the same age in mm-hmm. The Graduate when she plays the the friend's mother. Right. Right. Um, you know, a lot of these sort of surprising tales. Um, in this one, you have Catherine Hepburn, who's, you know, I don't know, she's 50-something, at least. Yeah, at least. At um, least. I'm going to go with the at least. Peter O'Toole is only six years off of having done... Um, what was it? Lawrence. Lawrence, <laughs> don't, Lawrence no, no, of do Arabia. He's, he's an English guy. He came to fight the dark. Me, me. Okay. Um, who's, you know, he's fairly young. <laughs> now, now, he, I mean, the great actor that he is, now he's done like... At this point, um, obviously, Lawrence of Arabia. Um, I think the year before this, he did like How to Steal a Million uh, as a sort of um, bon vivant thief with Audrey Hepburn. Mm-hmm. Um, so he is, I, I didn't even recognize him for about five minutes. I didn't either. And it's, <laughs> um, he's utterly, un- relative to Lawrence of Arabia, he's yeah. completely unrecognizable except for those fucking eyes. Except for those eyes. Those but eyes he's coming poke out, out of that fucking alcoholic mess that he's building around the rest of his head. He looks a lot like my brother Mike um, the last few years. But yeah, he's, he, well, because uh, Lawrence, he was, I mean, uh, Lawrence, um, Peter O'Toole was a was a, a true drinker. Oh yeah, he was like he was Richard like Burton Richard style. Burton. Well, I think I think he and Richard Burton and um, and a couple of others were like they were besties. Like a, they hung out and drunk. They there's got a that story drunk of together. him and and someone else. I, I don't think it was Richard Burton, but they went to a bar and it was closing time, and the guy was gonna um, you hear the story. He was he was insisting that they leave, and so they just decided to buy the bar, and he had the bar until he died. Oh, fuck, what was his name? Richard. No, no. Anyway, no, doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Anyways, yeah. Anyway, sorry, sorry, with a little tangent there, but but yeah. So so Peter Toole, who's great, and he's great in this he is role, really and we have good. essentially the film debut debut beyond the college film level of Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins shows up, and Timothy, Timothy Dalton. Timothy fucking Dalton. I had no idea that I was him. I totally did not remember that. Oh my god. But we're talking about okay. So look, the king has um, his queen, Catherine Hepburn, right, locked away right. essentially because mm-hmm. he wants her out of the way for numerous reasons. Well, many reasons, yeah. One of them being um, that he's having this love affair, which he could he could clearly have. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter, but he wants to sort of be unfettered. He wants it to be truly romantic with her out of sight. This is, a, this is okay. So, so this is a historical. Um, play that got turned into a movie yep. okay and it really is there's a lot of history going on in this sure. thing. for instance like so she's she's El- uh she's ellen of uh, eleanor of aquitaine yep. okay who was one of the most powerful people in all of fucking europe at the mm-hmm, time mm-hmm. and so he manages to steal her away from the king of france louis. this is real life louis yep. uh steals uh, steals her away she she annuls her of marriage to him gets married to henry mm-hmm. uh played by peter o'toole mm-hmm. uh this is all way before the movie We're talking ever henry starts. the second fourth i think it was like henry the fourth or fifth hmm. anyways um they uh and basically um 
She's powerful enough to rebel against him, which she does several times because they start having falling outs over the years. Yeah. And so he imprisons her. So about 10 yeah, years and after And by the that, way, when, when Tom says that, we're talking about like um, army insurrections, like armed, you know, like putting together yeah. like actual battles against right, each other. Right, actual on the battles with soldiers yeah. and hundreds of soldiers. And yeah. at the same time, th that's one of the things that's kind of cool about this is it catches some really interesting elements. Like these are like the, the these are the, this is the king of fucking England yeah. and he's stepping over chickens to get out of his front door. Right. Because it was the Middle Ages. So, the, I mean, they have a problem, which is they have several sons, mm -hmm. but the, the the first son has died, right. sort of the most promising. Right. And so um, Henry has his eyes initially set on the youngest son, who's just a, a turd just of a, a, like a, just a nobody just can just barely lift a sword. He's the reason they invented uh, bullying in high schools. And the obvious choice would be Anthony Hopkins, yes, who's Richard the, the lion like, living oldest son. Right. Richard, who was, was played, I think, greatly by... Peter Ustinov. I don't know about that one. In Robin Hood. Oh, right, right. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, it's quite right. Well, that being said, mm. that being said, Peter Ustinov, Prince John. This is the young, is the is the younger one that yep. uh, that he that Henry initially favors. Okay. Uh, he's the Prince John of Robin Hood, ill repute as well. I think we've driven everyone away from this. Alrighty. But look, I mean, look. The premise is this: uh, it, you know, every year for Christmas, she gets to come like out of chains, basically, back to the castle, mm -hmm. um, and it's her time to sort of be free, but also the plot. Like each time, the fucking plot, fuck because this is her time, one chance. Every Year. She favors um, Anthony Hopkins, the oldest son. Mm -hmm. There's a middle son who's um, almost a smarmy and looks like Bill Maher, <laughs> um, who nobody seems to like. And right. then this sort of shit son who Henry Henry loves. Wants. So that's John. Yeah. So, so there's so there's like there's all these sort of different conflicts going on at the same time. There's of course the natural power play between them. Between the two of them, uh, there's the, the love that's was if it was ever there, it's been lost for a while. Right, and it's it is filled with a rage and a gamesmanship. Abs this is that, why I said that is who's afraid of Virginia Woolf. Yeah, it's got that no. sort of like I'm going to cut your throat because I love you yeah, all, oh. at all times, mm. and it is vicious. Vicious, and it's also edgy for 1968. And Catherine Hepburn, some of the little speeches she gives about oh, yeah. hanging, um, you know, uh, earrings from her her, from her titties, basically. Her nipples, yeah, yeah, her Catherine Hepburn titties. Well, they'd have been Eleanor, Eleanor of Aquitaine's titties much earlier, so not bad. But yeah, Catherine, <laughs> hard to hard to kind of picture that one. <laughs> but I, and, and at the you, same time, the sons are also also they all want the throne, and so they're all vying, they're all intermingled into this plot. Very not well. They're not good at it. They're but not in, as good as these as their parents. But are. in very very different ways. So like the middle aforementioned Bill Mari's son is um, like only interested in doing it by virtue of sort of like sneakery. Right. Um, the youngest son just, just assumes because he's been so loved and so favored by Henry that he deserves it. He doesn't. He has no way of seeing himself. Every once in a while, he'll be like, "No, no, you you killed a man. I can't." <laughs> but but outside of like emergency situations, he has mm -hmm. no self awareness. Anthony Hopkins rightly thinks that he should have it, right. but he doesn't have the sort of confidence in the politics. Right. He doesn't have the politics. He's got all these all the battle. All the battle skill he needs, but yeah. he doesn't have the politics that these guys do. And it's, I mean, it's really, it's, it's well, it's, it's contained. It's claustrophobic for being in a castle. There's like, yeah, and there's like an, uh, there's like an Aaron Sorkin 
slash who's afraid of Virginia Wolf quality to the way that tell they me about the Sorkin. I like it. Well, it's just the way the it's the way the the banter is fucking on top oh, of just yeah. bam 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 on top of it while yep. they're walking along, and then one person will come in, will cruise into the scene, and the conversation will go in that yep. direction. And Great it's just, tracking shots. Too. Yeah, just just really, it's such a fucking compelling play. You know what? She the does writer that, was good. She does that stoic um, thing that she did in uh, misplaced in the context of the Rainmaker because it's not an amazing film, mm-hmm. but well placed here because she's stoic she she's sort of a masochistic in that she totally accepts you know that he's going to be putting the nails to this younger yeah. um woman and yet she doesn't quite accept it there's something that sort of tears at her oh there's there's a part of her that well that's part of her revenge she wants to fuck him up for that she does but i, I and she gets I, it at the same time i like, believe she loves him and i believe yeah. he loves her yeah. even when they deny it it's clear that they have a sort of love beyond the sportsmanship the gamesmanship yeah but 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 not quite. I mean, like the gamesmanship yeah. is part of it. It's so it's so crafted in that sense. They're just they're just. This is the most dysfunctional fucking family. It's very dysfunctional. Ever seen in a movie, maybe. Yeah. That that wasn't actually killing people with their bare hands and making fucking leather suits out of them or something. Yeah, maybe it's it's also. I mean, it's obviously a movie that now this one I would say. Um, as amazing as it is, it definitely qualifies as a movie where you have to be in the mood to watch and pay attention yes. and be on you, top of it because you, you, you will not, yeah. you will not survive. No, you you zip and you zip your you know you you close your eyes for just a minute, you'll miss a lot on this movie. Yeah, yeah, so much so that I watched it until two o'clock in the morning last nice. night. Nice, good job, Tommy. Yeah, well, nothing, nothing will encourage me to stay up late like the. Picturing the smug look on your face the next fucking day, if I didn't. I so. don't know what smugness you speak of, Oh, oh there's, a, there's an actual extra, extra twinkle in his step and everything. <laughs> he minces that much more mincingly. It's amazing. Okay. So, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I mean, look, I don't know. I think we got a good cross-section uh, of Catherine Hepper. Yeah, I would here. say so, yeah. And there's there's so much more. David Lean's um, she won the, Summertime. She won, she won the uh, Oscar. Four times. Four times. But and she won it for this one. For Lion and Winner, yeah. And, she, and well, I think she really deserved it. She, well, she She did shit with her face it. that was so fucking amazing. She did, didn't she? She shared it with Barbara Streisand. And we were talking about that on the, on the Barbara Streisand episode. I think it was like number 25 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, Barbara Streisand is fine. And, and there are other movies outside of Funny Girl that I like her in a lot. Yeah. But it's silly that, that she, she shared the Oscar with mm-hmm. Catherine Hepburn. This was an amazing sort of... Um, yeah. Uh, job on her this part. This was crazy good. She was yeah. so fucking good. Okay. That, yeah, what's his name could barely keep up with her. But I think he did. I think he did. And ultimately, it's a it's a fantastic movie. Yeah, I like agreed. Her a lot. Come 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 with this one with your sandwiches already in your lap. Okay, by which I mean, don't oh, get up in the middle of this boy. to go get a snack. You want to be prepared to watch this movie. That didn't cover to cover. All. Watch this movie cover <laughs> to cover like a book. Watch it uh, through a sandwich. So, um, any so business, just, Tommy? Um, you like have a, a website, sandwich. don't you? Uh, I do, so to speak. Uh, go to check me out at tomsmithcomedy.com. I mm. have dates uh, lined up there, some, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and more to come. And uh, also, join us on Patreon. Yeah, join us on Patreon because we are now producing secret episodes for mm. Patreon subscribers for... of $5 per month or more. We promise you two episodes accessible only to you, Finley's Fine Reserve episodes. We have two for February already. We promise two more for March. Yes, sir. Um, Rate and review us on iTunes, of course. Please, absolutely. And uh, join us uh, Join us in watching movies, folks. Oh, Tommy. Oh, God, how trite. Oh, I love you, buddy. Oh, I love you, too, you prick. <laughs>